As runners, we all challenge ourselves in ways we never thought possible, pushing the boundaries of what we're capable of to smash through targets and set ourselves new bigger and better ones. This awesome hobby that we share gives us one thing in common and it brings us together as a community. Whether you're working towards completing your first park run or you're a veteran of the sport who's run 100 ultra marathons, we all know the feeling of reaching that maxed out effort and our own red line. Welcome to our podcast where your hosts Brett Ellsmore and Andy Maguire discuss the struggles, the successes and everything in between on our running journeys as we all work towards the next time we're running the red line. Okay, so welcome to episode three. It is Friday night and we are back here for another episode of Running the Red Line. Um, I am Brett and with me as always is Andy. How you doing, mate? I'm all right. Yeah, good to see you on a Friday night, albeit virtually. But uh, yeah, feeling good. Good, good, good. Any uh, exciting things happening this week or happened this week? Not really. Uh, running wise, it's been quite a good week. I did. Um, I've had a. I've had. I've had to like change, chop and change a couple of days because, for some reason, I don't know why I committed to this. But when I wrote my training plan, I wanted to give myself two days off a week, uh, and I wanted to give myself Tuesdays and Fridays off. I don't know why those days. I just that's just what I decided on. But sometimes I look at the weather forecast or I look at you know whatever's happening in life that week and. I just chop and change things. So, yeah, I was, wasn't supposed to run today, but I did. And, yeah, I went for a hilly run today, which is really good. In fact, yeah, it, was I... one of those, it was one of those days where I, like, looked at my Strava and I got loads of little medals and loads of achievements. So I think I must have run it faster than I ever have before. So, so that nice. went well. I, that was good. Yeah, I, I saw you were uh, trying to uh, break your ankle today, weren't you? Oh, yeah, running fast downhills and stuff. Yeah, I did. Oh, no, um, over the rocky bit to the top of the hill as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. That's just, that's just part of the course with, you know, my Malvern Hills running. But it's, You're pretending um, to be a fell runner. Yeah, I was just... I don't know how those guys do it. I, I, I've tried it. I've tried it when, like, Daisy pulls me. I've tried it on my own, and I still don't know how people can run fearlessly, full pelt, down a rocky, craggy hill. I struggle on the road, yeah. let alone on on that surface it is mental how fast i mean i'd love to be in chamonix one day have you ever seen those like tour de france style things when they run through the the tunnels of people in the in the utmb and stuff and um i'd love to like actually see how fast these elite trail runners go i think it would it would blow my mind in fact at the winning show which i think we're going to chat about in a bit i was chatting to uh someone on the chorus stand called ricky win and it was a very humble fella, and he ended up sort of saying, "Oh, by the way, I'm like basically he's not a pro- professional athlete, but he's he's a sponsored athlete. I think I think he's sponsored by Coros and maybe even Hoka as well." And um, he, he said he, he did an ultra in uh, in Ireland last week or the week before the show, and his average pace is like faster than my like half marathon pace across like <laughs> across about eighty k across fifty miles. 
And I was like, how? And it was like, yeah, 10,000 feet of elevation or something stupid like yeah. that. So, yeah, absolutely maximum respect for any fell runners out there and track oh, properly. Yeah, big time. I, I don't know how yeah. they do it as well. It's, it's bad enough with cross country. Before I did cross country, I had like glass ankles. The first time yeah. I tried a trail race, I uh, tore all the ligaments in my ankle. So, uh, yeah, it's it's been a slow one to get up to the point where I can run at a decent pace across country. But, but man, no way on the uh, on the hills that, and all those rocks. Was that, was that the fall that uh, shaped your marathon, your first marathon um, adventure? Was it your first marathon or one of your comeback marathons? Oh, yeah. You had that yeah. fall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was after I... Um, London for the fifth time yeah I, I decided to enter a uh, a trail race and uh, yeah that was the uh, <laughs> my first ever trail race and it was my last for a while uh, it took quite a bit of courage to uh, get back out onto those uh, off-road runs but I quite enjoy it now I quite enjoy a bit of cross-country. I was going to say apart from cross-country how much trail running in percentage well, let's include cross-country how much Let's just say road and off-road. What's your percentage from road in oh, a typical man. week? What's your percentage of like road to off-road? When it's not cross-country season, I'd say 100% road. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not like there's no trail routes around me, but just the roads call out for me a bit more. I think I'd prefer mm. to go and do a road route i really should go and do some more trail running because they say it's really good for you it builds up all the muscles in your feet yeah and uh, trying yeah. to do all those different adjustments whilst you're <laughs> running off road but i don't know it's I, just I, I think i found that i don't know if it's i'm going to definitely put the put the kiss of death on this now and break my ankle and <laughs> do all my ligaments but but i found that from trail running uh i'm talking like i'm blooming ricky win from the chorus stand here but when i when i do my 5ks around the mulvins but i've found that the more that i've done it the more i commit to doing it yeah i think the stronger your the, the subtle muscles that you never even consider using in your ankles and and i guess in your whole your body really your balance and everything yeah. it develops over time and you become um I, I guess you just become more accustomed to running on those kind of surfaces yeah. don't you 100%, 100%. I, I actually, I'm telling a bit of a fib because when it is summer and it's track season, because it's a bit drier, we tend to do all of our warm-ups across the grass and through trail sections mm. rather than warm-ups on road before we go and do the track session. So, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. I probably do a bit more than I, I think. I just don't register it as much because I'm in the focus of this is track and road season or this is cross country season so yeah 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 well i um, did a um i was gonna say like my my other bits of training i've done this week i've done a uh i've been keeping a little uh, a little journal actually because i tried to do this for manchester last year uh but i after week two i just couldn't be bothered writing in it and then i couldn't be booked couldn't be asked to catch up with it but i've managed to stay consistent and i've you know i've, I've been writing notes and stuff for every session so one of my runs I did on Wednesday that I was proud of was an over and under session. So I still don't really know if I'm doing it right. I don't think any of us really do. But what I decided to do was a 12K. So what's that? 10, 9 mile, 8 mile, is it? Something like that. And I decided that, to go out. 12K, 7 mile. 
seven miles. So I decided to go out at 10 minutes easy. Uh, so, you know, what's that? Just over a just over a mile, maybe. And then I went into a over and under marathon pace because I still haven't actually done much work in week three at marathon pace. So what I thought I'd do is go over and under it. So I, I was fifth. I was trying to I, I use my watch to try and pace myself. And I was trying to aim for approximately 15 seconds over and 15 seconds under. And I was doing reps of 800 meters. And I did uh, so I did 800 of over and under times five. So 10 reps. And I worked it out that that is exactly five miles. And my my average pace for the for the reps came out at five minutes per K, which is at almost eight minutes per mile, which is exactly goal marathon pace. So I, I didn't I didn't even consider that I just done five mile subconsciously well not really when you average it out at marathon pace. So and and what's what's even more encouraging was that the the 800 reps at the over pace felt felt really quite good. Nice. That's so that good. was heading towards my half marathon pace, really. So. So, yeah, I, I, I think that went really well. So that was um, apart from a progression session. That's one of my favourite ones to do is an over and under one. Yeah, nice. That 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 yeah. seems like it went really well, actually. Um, yeah. I, I I still haven't actually done any proper sessions yet because I've been slowly getting back into it. But this week, I was actually quite pleased because um, I have been back running with BNR rather than being in the gym on the treadmill all the time. So nice. that's been a real nice change. So on Tuesday, uh, I I couldn't face another long run or a big session in the gym. So just um, did the warm up with them and then decided to stay with them at Arthur Street. And they were doing reps and like pushing the pace and things. But I thought I'm just going to um, run some loops of Arthur Street and just try and do a bit of a tempo sort of run uh and i ended up doing um four and a quarter mile at um 650s was average which i was quite pleased with because that is just a little bit slower than target marathon pace so that's nice to know that at this early stage i have got a few miles at marathon pace in my legs um and then um we did a steady session uh yesterday on thursday um, so we just did uh, a warm up and then a steady run out and back and then um, an easy run back uh, to the gym because uh, we have got we've got a race this tomorrow. We've got cross country, oh. got Midland cross country champs tomorrow. But um, what Ooh. I was going to mention is somebody on Strava. Um, I can't remember who it was. So sorry for who um, actually asked was asking about the difference between steady and tempo and easy runs and all of that lot and the, and the change in pace. And I've got to be honest, I still don't 100% know myself, but I know mm. where in my head my different paces are. So obviously mm. my easy pace, I would say, is between eight and eight and a half minute miles for my easy, easy runs. I'd say my steady pace was somewhere around seven and a half minutes per mile. And then I'd say my tempo is about marathon pace, which is about, well, my target marathon pace is 6.40 a mile. So Mm. I I think, yeah, the the difference between tempo and steady is steady, 
is that slightly bit more effort than easy. It's not yeah. easy, so you can feel you're actually like running. It, you, it easy to me feels like you could go all day at that pace, and you could have a full on yeah. conversation and everything. Steady, I can still have a conversation, but you are pushing it a bit more. Um, yeah. I think I think what's difficult as well is if you haven't run. I'm gonna. This is gonna sound like a flex now, but if you've if you've run a marathon, then you'll know. But like you know how like when you've when you've run a marathon, when you've run a marathon, you know what your marathon pace is essentially. You know what your PB is, and you can work out your paces either from your goal marathon pace or your current or actual marathon pace because for some people there might be seconds in it for some people there could be minutes in it so it all depends I think so for example for me I've worked out for this you know 2024 for my targets I'm at the moment I'm not pushing hugely so nothing is going to feel too too taxing i don't think so and the good thing is as well about knowing your, your marathon pace is because it, you you can work things out and once you get it all on a piece of paper or all on on your phone or whatever you know oh okay well that's my half marathon pace and i ran a marathon at this so and i ran, ran a 10k at this and i ran a 5k at this and and this is my easy pace so yeah i put my steady pace in between my uh, marathon effort and my easy effort well, yeah, pace, I should say, not effort. And I, I, I kind of know what it feels like when I'm actually out on the streets running easy. Um, but having that validation from your watch telling you, for me, six minutes or 5.50 per K, which is, I don't know, is, is over nearly 10 minutes in a nine and a half minutes, maybe. Um, I just know that's my easy pace. I mean, a lot yeah. of people would do it by heart rate, but we both don't really bother with heart rate, do we? Yeah. Um, so a lot of people can use zones and things like that. Uh, but I think I think steady running will still fall in your zone two. Uh, yeah, for those, probably. For those of you that use zones, yeah. And I think for a lot of people, marathon. And this is the thing that no one really explains to you, and I didn't realise that marathon pace after a K is in zone two. Marathon pace at kilometre forty-two <laughs> or mile twenty-five or twenty-six is like zone five for some people. Yeah. You'll look at your heart rate data across the, the three or four hours, however long you're running, and it will creep. It will drift, won't it? Of course it, it will, so, yeah. So so that's why a lot of these metrics you need to take sometimes with a pinch of salt and then bring it. This is why running to effort, I think, kind of seems to be uh, the winner for so many people because that's you could say that's the one the one constant, the one thing that you know how it feels. But then again, you could say that, you know, what feels easy, you know, what does an easy pace feel like after 25 mile in a marathon? So, yeah, I'm talking yeah. in circles here because but, because it's, it's horses for courses, isn't it? But yeah, but that's also why you should be a bit more lenient on your marathon pace and not think it's quicker than it actually is because that effort is going to be so much harder in the second half of the marathon, even though you're running the same pace. So yeah. it, there are so many people that go out far too quick and blow up in the second half because they've not taken into consideration that that sustained effort, although it's the same pace, it's going to get harder and harder. Yeah. And I, I remember learning that for the first time when I did my marathon. 
because I remember my first one, I mean, when I did Brighton, because I remember getting to the halfway point and I'd run it at pretty much half marathon pace. And I didn't realise what that really meant. I'd set myself a goal of hitting the halfway target about 158 or two hours. And my, my, I mean, my half marathon pace at the time was a bit faster than that, but it wasn't, it didn't feel that much faster. But the danger and the trap you fall in, isn't it, is that when you look at your pace per mile, per, per, yeah, per mile or per kilometre, when you add and subtract a few seconds from that, it doesn't feel much at all. But when mm-hmm. they all add up, yeah, we're talking minutes, we're talking 10, 20 minutes potentially. And, and how many stories have we ever heard? I mean, this has happened to me where you've done, you know, a you've gone out, let's just say at a three hour marathon pace, got to 20 mile and you've fin. this has never happened to me, but you've ended up finishing in 350 because you've had to walk the last six mile or you've had to, you know, because that happens to so many people, doesn't it? Yeah. And it's it's so difficult to just assume you can run marathon pace as easily as you can in mile one as you can at mile 26. That's where yeah. other things come into play, isn't it? Yeah. Well, exactly. Because like one second per K slower is 42, 43 seconds over the marathon. So yeah. if you if you say 10 10 seconds per k slower that's not that much of a difference but feel that much at the time yeah but it's yeah it's like what's that seven or eight minutes yeah so and and that that, big old chunk yeah yeah absolutely but um well i'm glad to hear that you were back out with the club yeah yeah um, no it's it's been it's been really good i've I've really enjoyed running with them again and getting back into it so uh hopefully i'll be able to keep going this week and start doing some sessions hopefully is that the first question everyone's been asking you what are you going for in manchester what are you going for is that like well, what everyone's that that is always the question isn't it when 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 you yeah. say you're doing a specific marathon they always go what are you going for um yeah. so yeah i think yeah i think my target's just going to be exactly the same as it was although my target last year was to break three hours but i went out at 255 pace um yeah. and i think that's going to be my target this year is 255 pace and see what happens um, didn't you say didn't you say that you pretty much held it until the cramp came at 20 yeah yeah so yeah. I, yeah i still felt energy wise i felt i could still keep that pace my legs just didn't want to work um yeah. which is is really that's the most important part um, see this is see see a shout out by the way to everyone that's doing Manchester, which will be a lot of people by the way. Yes, didn't we definitely. say that there's going to be twenty odd thousand or more people oh, doing I it? I think yeah, I think there's more than that this year. So uh, yeah, if if anybody is there, come and say hello if you see me. Definitely. Yeah, but like where we differ, me and you, is that you don't think Altrincham's a hill, <laughs> and, I, and, and I very much do. And a lot of people who are running Manchester for the first time. So from my point of view, I'd never run it. And I'd only heard stories and tales of old about Altrincham and this blooming, as if you're running into Mordor or something. But it's not that bad. Of course, it's not that bad. But if you imagine that you have pretty much run pan flat, you've been given the gift of flatness for 15 odd mile, haven't you? And if your legs at that time are not ready 
for it and your heart and your breathing and your mind, everything, if you're not ready for it, then it's going to sucker punch you badly. Oh, definitely, hit, yes. Altrincham did punch me in the gut, man, and I just couldn't really recover. Um, it is worth paying a bit of respect to that hill. But at the same time, I know what you'll say. You'll say it's just a hill. Get over it. But it's like, <laughs> I don't think that you should. I saw that written on someone's race, t- on someone's club T-shirt once. I thought it was brilliant. I, I like that. It's just yeah. a hill. Get over it. But uh, yeah, I, I think Altrincham should be respected and maybe planned for because I remember getting, because I remember the rise started over like a, a flyover or over a... a yeah, over a, a bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember thinking, oh, this isn't too bad because it only lasted, I could see, because you obviously see the army of runners ahead of you. I remember thinking, oh, this is probably 800 metres most. But then you get into the village or whatever you'd call Altrincham. And I remember it sort of went cranked up a gear and we sort of went up a few lanes. Yeah, exactly. Followed it, yeah, followed it round. And I remember thinking, I'm struggling here. And then I, I remember I remember having a worry at the top of the plateau of Altrincham, thinking, I think I might have overcooked it there, up that hill. Yeah. I think, because you know what it's like, you, you've run along, by, by 10, 15, 20k, are we at 20k yet? By Yeah, we are. We're well over half marathon, aren't we? At Altrincham. You've run with a lot of people, and if you've started with them, you've been almost pacing each other, and you've, oh, there's that yeah. guy with a red with a red T-shirt, or that's the guy with whatever. And if someone goes for it, you want to go with them. And I understand that mentality because, you know, that's what we do, isn't it? We just want to keep going, and we want to just we don't want to lose position in the race. But it's not necessarily always a good idea because you don't know that, that guy in the red T-shirt. He could be Killian Journey. He could be just <laughs> a seasoned ultra marathoner who's just coming out for an easy run. So it's not yeah. always the best idea to follow the person in front of you and do exactly what they do, especially when you're doing things like hills. But yeah, what I'm trying to say is, yeah, that hill at Altrincham, let us know in the comments. Is it a hill? Is it not a hill? Should people yeah. be afraid of it or not? That, that's what I'm actually, saying is you'll yeah. notice it. Yeah. Anybody who has run Manchester, what did you think of that? The the hill um see yeah because of because of where i run every sunday i didn't see it particularly as a hill yes it probably is a hill but compared to the hills that i'm used to running it's a hill yeah yeah come on yeah yeah, okay it's a hill hill. come on it's a it it is a hill it is up it goes up so it's a hill yes yeah but yeah, yeah Compared to yeah the type of hills I normally run like if for instance we both run Droitwich half and that was hilly yeah. um, so compared to those hills Altrincham was nothing really it was weird because I remember finishing that race and I I remember sort of arrogantly thinking well if I've done well here I'm gonna smash this hill. <laughs> But I hadn't even run as far as Altrincham to get to the hill. Exactly, yet. yeah. So yeah. I, I think the key is, and this is even though the, the marathon I'm choosing to do, which is at the end of April, which is Newport, which apparently is really, really quite flat, I'm still going to do hill training and I'm still going to throw in a couple of, I don't know how far I'm going to run. I don't know if I'm going to do 23 milers or just stick at 20. I'll definitely want to get into the 20s a few times during this block. But I will put a few hills in towards the end of the session. Because I think sometimes when you do your training sessions, you want to you want to try and feel like what it feels like to finish strong. 
But as we all know, or if you haven't run a marathon, you'll know that it's a 20 mile warm up and then the hardest 10k of your life. Yep. Which is, and I know it's taken me a few marathons to realize that, but it really is that because you can get to 20 miles feeling right as rain, but then that last 10k when the wheels fall off. And you can see, I know it sounds like if you've done a marathon, you'll know what I mean. <laughs> but like you can see why apparently less than or only 1% of the world's population have done one. Because it's hard. It's not yeah. easy. No, it's, it is. I mean, you can see why you see so many it people like destroyed the road. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. Hill, hills it's are always good no matter what. Because basically hills are like strength training. Yeah. You're, you're building up strength in your yeah. um not only your legs and like your running but your mm. cardio as well you are building up strength in everything so hills are good training no matter what running you're doing even if you were yeah. a track runner and just ran around in circles all the time still want to do hills yeah because they will come back to bite you when they because it's like a different type of discipline isn't it it's um you what i i think what what I thought would happen at Altrincham didn't happen. I thought I can just struggle. I can just about wing this because you can't wing a marathon. And I've, again, I've learned that. I thought if I can just get myself up to Altrincham, if I can just get myself on top of that hill, I can coast down it and pick up where I left off, pick up where, how I was feeling before. But the, what happened to me and my inexperience uh, was I think I... I know we don't really go too in depth with the old thresholds and you know heart rates and stuff, but I think my heart rate went so high it went above sort of that anaerobic threshold. It was in the 180s, I think, by the time I was at 80 mile at the top of Altrincham, and I expected it to just come down, sit back at 160, and I could just lock back into marathon pace, which is what I was doing for the first half marathon and beyond. And it just didn't happen. It just got harder and harder from then. And and you'll hear so many people on the start line talk about the hill uh you know i remember being in the starting pen and someone even said there's a hill don't go too hard up it if it's your first marathon or if it's if you're you know if you haven't done many marathons or if it's your first time here or whatever your goal is just remember there's this tricky section which catches a lot of people out which is basically the way to think about it but I don't want to be the one who everyone holds accountable when everyone's doing 25 minute miles to get there and they find out that it was easy and then they, you know, so yeah, yeah. I, what I'm saying is, yeah, respect it. Know it's there. Just put the work in, put the training in beforehand, maybe do some good hill training towards the end of your long runs so you can prepare for it because this, this hill is quite unique, isn't it? There's almost no profile. There's no elevation before that then all of a sudden you just get gazumped by this hill. So, yeah, everything feels like it's going really well. And then all of a sudden it's not. So yeah. don't don't be like me and don't blame Altrincham for your, the way that it went. Because <laughs> it's not Altrincham's fault. It's your fault if you don't plan and prepare for it. Yeah. Yeah. It. I, I will say, though, it's a great course. That's one of the reasons I'm going back. No, number one, the atmosphere. Manchester yeah. and number two very, course is a great course there were very few quiet spots as I remember like everywhere you turn Altrincham as I remember was probably the best well apart from the start and finish was probably the best supported section and that's just when you need that's just when you need the proverbial arm around the shoulder that's yeah. when you need the crowd shouting your name 
And and in Manchester, I think it's unlike London. I think you've got your name on your bib, haven't you? You do. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. People will shout your name, and people, you know, um, and Altrincham was a really well supported part of the course. So I, I really did. Yeah, I did look back at Altrincham thinking, actually, no, I wish I'd have not spoiled it for myself and really enjoyed Altrincham more than I did because I was I was grimacing quite a bit running through Altrincham. But uh, if I did it again. Bit of Rod Stewart mentality. I wish that I knew what I knew. What I wish that I knew then what I know now. Yeah. Um, you saying about names on bibs as well. Um, that takes me back to uh, when I first did London. Um, yeah. And I I printed my name across my uh, T-shirt because it wasn't on the number. Because uh, yeah. I noticed loads of people did that. And it's so confusing towards the end when you're in a world of pain. You're not sure where you are. You're trying your hardest just to put one foot in front of the other. And then someone shouts your name and goes, come on, Brett, you can do this. And you're like, yeah, who are you? How do you know my name? What is you've going run past on? Them before you've yeah. realised that someone shouted your name, you think, who, who's that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, is, it is a confusing thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But but brilliant at the same time, because that, yeah. that support does get you through at the end. So, uh, yeah, although it is... A strange old feeling I would always recommend yeah getting your name on either your bib or your uh, vest or your or your t-shirt and just yeah. make sure that people know that they can shout and uh, spur you on at the time no, when you need it I also don't know who needs to hear this as well and I don't know if you found the same but I remember at the start of Manchester was probably the best organized mass event I've ever done I mean that fair enough I haven't done one of the big ones I've done the Great North Run. It's better than that. Uh, but Manchester was just, it was almost seamless. It was almost flawless, you know, like the way yeah. everything was so well managed. Uh, so if you're a worrier, which most of us are before a race, the last thing you need is, you know, oh, I can't find baggage or I can't find whatever. I remember thinking everything's so, the signage was brilliant. Um there aren't a hundred thousand different pens to be in. There's only about four or five, as I remember, like colours on your bib. Um, and I just remember thinking, this is as good as I'll feel getting on a start line for a race of this magnitude, if you know what I mean. So, yeah. so yeah, for those for those people that are maybe a little bit of uh, overthinkers or worriers or just just, I hope this is the same for next year for 2024. It's it's a good race. It's a well organised race. Very yeah. well organised race. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, so now that we've uh, got through that and we've got to a, a point where I can look down at some notes that I've made, um, there were a few comments on our, well, actually, I say a few comments. There was loads of comments on our previous videos on YouTube. Um, and That's I've got nice. to say thank you to every single person that has interacted with this from the last two episodes because it's really nice getting some feedback and there's there's some really lovely words been said yeah well well we, typed we just thought it would be our moms uh who'll be watching <laughs> this uh you know so yeah the people have said you know they've listened to, i think for me one of the best compliments we have is i listen to this on my run yes. i really really like it yeah. when people are listening to us two waffling about running while they're out <laughs> running so fair play to yeah. those of you that are maybe it's on your commute or while you're getting some work done but wherever you are listen to us thank you very much yeah we really do appreciate um 
yeah, listening or watching. But um, yeah, there was a there was a few um, comments or questions where it pro possibly needs us to uh, just come back to them. The first one was from um, Bob Kilminster, um, which um, I guess is Bobby K, an old friend from when I used to be in bands um, back in the day. Um, and um, he asked about cross country and he said he want, he'd love to try and get into cross country, but he's not a member of a club. So do we know of any open cross country races? And I'm not sure I do. Uh, the only reason I know about cross country is because I joined a club. Um, and I think all um, open races that anybody can enter, that would even be close to cross country a normal tr normally trail and there are sections of tarmac or concrete or uh, stony bits where you wouldn't be able to wear cross country spikes and stuff um so i don't know that, that i possibly need to um, have a look don't i and see if i can find out or ask some questions and see if i can find an answer to that but do you know I, of any I, races no i mean i wonder i kind of wonder why that is i wonder if that's to protect the uh sanctity of club running cross country to make yeah, it almost feel right. exclusive to, to club runners maybe maybe that's the reason why it's never really been touched by event organizers because they know it's a bit of a faux pas if you know what i mean so yeah i don't know maybe that's what it is yeah. but i think what i would say is that with I'm not in a club, so what do I know? But I think with clubs, you, there's no obligation to do either the, the group runs, the track sessions, oh, no. um, the, the meetups. You can just do cross country, can't you? Yeah, yeah. You, you, there's no obligation to do anything. If you yeah. pay your fees at the start of the year and you're a member of the club, you're a member of the club, you can do whatever you need. But yeah. what one of the perks is like the club races, so the, the league races are free to enter. So if you're a member of the member of a club, you get to run those races for free because you've paid for them in your club fees. The only ones uh, you have to pay for are um, so the Midlands um, that I'm doing on uh, tomorrow. Uh, I've had to pay entry fee for that, and the Nationals you have to pay entry fee for that, and the uh, County you have to pay entry fee for that. But it, when I say entry fee, it's not like a race um, entry, um, an organised event um, where it's about 30 or 40 quid to enter now. It's like, I think I paid £7 to enter the Midlands or something like that. So, yeah, yeah it's it's hardly anything. So it's, yeah, it's well true. worth it. So if anybody is thinking of doing cross country, yeah, I would definitely look into your local club and just uh, see what the, the fees are and what you actually get for that. Because we get use of the track and the sessions and everything all included in our club fee. I think it's great value for money. Mm. Yeah, fair play. Um, but yeah, so second one that I saw, um, was one from uh, Kieran Turner, um, and he the K, uh, the K, the K dog, <laughs> and he mentioned that he he started running to heart rate now, but he uses a heart rate strap, so it's much more mm. accurate. Um, and he's recently had a lactate threshold test done, so he knows where his actual zones are. And he did a race mm. recently and worked to heart rate and he said if he'd have been working to pace 
he's not sure he would have got through the hills and all the sections that were harder if he'd have run to the pace he thought he could have run. And he said oh. the only point he managed to um, go into, like over threshold and into that red zone, was when he saw that a PB was on um, at the end so he could push that last little bit. But he said he wouldn't have been able to do that if he didn't run the rest of the race to heart zone. So that's quite interesting, seeing as yeah. we've, we we aren't running to heart heart rate we're running to paces um yeah so that's but, in, so. that's interesting because i saw the um if if kieran's on about the race i think he's on about which i think he did a a 10 miler i think it might have been in canterbury or somewhere uh can't remember where it was uh but i saw the elevation profile of it and it was it looked like the asteroid from armageddon it was like <laughs> like that how about that for a cultural reference i'm pleased with that <laughs> Uh, what a film, by the way. Oh, yeah, don't my, want to miss a thing. My, oh, one of my favourite films of all time. And, um, yeah, Kieran's, uh, the, the profile looked really, really difficult. So, fair play for running to heart rate because, you know, you could have been in the early stages of the race and if you've run up a hill start straight away, you will have had to psychologically and physically pull back to stop yourself going off too fast because you're looking at your yeah. heart rate. So, so yeah, that would have taken some serious discipline because most of us would ignore the fact that you're running against gravity and you're running up a hill and you'll just look at your watch and you'll be like, well, if that watch says X per mile or per K, then that's what I should be doing. And you're ignoring yeah. the fact that you're literally running up, like like we said earlier, like uh, a vertical cliff face. But uh, no, I saw the elevation profile of his, uh, of his race and there was some spicy and tasty hills in there. So yeah, fair play, K-Dog. Good man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Congratulations um, for getting that PB, definitely. Um, and the third one I saw was an answer to our question from last pod. And what did uh, we ask? Uh, we we asked, did you would you prefer a T-shirt or a medal from uh, oh. from a race? And um, Gary Manders um, answered. He, he said, hundred percent T-shirt because wow. he's not he's not interested at all in participation medals medals should only be for the top three how do you well, feel about yeah. that well i suppose in the olympics <laughs> you there's anything but thinking about it I, I heard somebody say once that i was listening to some talk sport or some oh you know outspoken journalist was saying what's the point in the silver and the bronze medal because it's basically first loser and second loser. Like, well, that's an interesting way of looking at it. Yeah, I, I understand the old participation thing. Um, but I just like... I just like having something to literally hold straight away. That kind of... I know it's only a chunk of metal or some, most of the time wood. Some balsa wood nowadays that's been, um, you know, pressed in someone's garage. But, like... I don't know. I'm always a big fan of medals. I, I, I yeah. kind of like that sort of nostalgic looking back over the years. But I mean, I've only got, I didn't do my first race until 2021. So I've only got three, two and a half years worth of medals. Some people have got 20, 30, 40 years worth of medals. So I can understand yeah. why people are like, okay. Yeah, I can understand At least that. I, can get some, I can get some usage out of a t-shirt. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, and I haven't, I haven't really thought ahead uh, to, uh, to, the next 10, 20 years, I'm going to amass probably, let's face it, 15, 20 medals a year. 
that's a hundred medals in five years. That's a yeah. lot of metal to hang on your wall, isn't it? So it is. Yeah, but... I do get it. I do get it. But while I'm kind of at my stage of running, the medal for me is mega important. I just really, I really, really like having that thing to hang on the wall. And uh, when you yeah. put it around your neck, you feel really proud. And yeah, I yeah. like the souvenir part of it. It it is a definite souvenir of that moment, that time, that effort that you put into that race is yeah. all there in that little medal. Um, yeah, I, li- I, I like that. I would. It's... I think I would feel better if t-shirts were of a really quite good standard. So the one I wear quite a lot is the Amsterdam one. Now that's really really good. You'd be proud of this as a screen printer i think uh, the the amsterdam t-shirt for finishing is which you get before you get at the expo by the way whether you finish <laughs> it or not you get a t-shirt this says i finished um, i am a, i amsterdam whatever that means um and it's it's re- it's a really good quality t-shirt but the ones i really dislike are the ones where there's something huge screen printed we're talking like this big it's full of some sponsorship <laughs> for a skip hire and on the back, something equally nonsensical. And they're exactly the hot spots that you sweat. And the feeling of a really badly heat-pressed logo on your back in a rubbish T-shirt, not the biggest fan. But I would imagine the London T-shirt, the, I don't know, the big, the big uh, major marathons and some of the bigger, the bigger races, yeah, you do get a really good commemorative T-shirt. So... I just wish that people would make better T-shirts. Let's get Obi One brand the contract for, for all these races. <laughs> yeah, all um, sorts fall out. See that that is one of the things about um, finishers T-shirts. Normally, the print on the front is really big, and the problem with printed areas on a running T-shirt is if it gets anywhere close to where your nipples are. Um, you're not going to have any nipples by the end of a long run. Away to the danger zone, basically, <laughs> isn't it? Because you know yeah. you're going to look like, yeah, they're going to look like, yeah, they're not going to look like a pretty picture. But yeah. uh, I've had so, that a few times with, yeah. Yeah, when, when I'm printing um, like tees for running and stuff, I always make sure that it's the print is nowhere near that zone where it's going to rub and cause problems. Mm, yeah well but, yeah fair enough that's fair enough gary i think um each to their own as they say yeah, yeah think, de- uh, def- definitely i think there's a big argument for that especially like, environmentally as well because t-shirts yeah. can be recycled you can wear a t-shirt probably for a long long time a lot of mine like my york t-shirt which is the same which is basically what i just described i i won't wear that because it, i can't sweat in it because it just feels horrible but i sleep in it yeah. I don't know how I work. I don't know how I work that out because it's, I don't know. I've just got used to sleeping in it, but I don't really want to work out in it. If you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. T-shirts. I, I I generally just wear around the house or something like that, or use as PJs. So yeah, yeah. that's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Right. So we, I was I was going to say, shall we talk about where we went last that's, Sunday? That's exactly what I was just about to say as well. Yeah. On our, uh, our little. Um, <laughs> Yeah, a little day out. Yeah. yeah. I, see, you had a rest day. You cheated. You you decided to uh, have a rest day on the Sunday. I actually got out mega early, earlier than I ever get out normally, um, and went and 
yeah, I did my Sunday long run in the dark, started off and watched the sunrise as I was running, which was actually really nice. But um, yeah, because I knew I needed to be somewhere, my easy slash steady run ended up just being steady throughout the whole thing. Yeah. I ended up running like 7.30 miles for the whole um, 13 miles, but... Because you've got one eye on the clock, haven't you? Thinking I've got to get that train to the end to, to the new street exactly at nine o'clock. And it's, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, well, but fair yet, play. Because I mean, you, you were saying you were going to blooming run there from Reading. Well, I, I, I was very tempted because, um, yeah, because I needed to do my Sunday long run. I was very tempted to run to the NEC, to the show, and then get the train back. But then when I looked at the uh, distance for walking, following like a walking route, it was 18 miles. So you would have, that was you a would, bit you too have, far. You would have had to run on the M42 and get off at, uh, what is it, Junction 4 or whatever it is. <laughs> see, off see that, would, that would have been the right distance, but I don't think that would have been very safe. Yeah, maybe uh, not. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe run on the motorways at night. Please don't run on the motorways at night. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I would but, yeah. say that's, a, that's actually a really, that's just reminded me of, that's one of my favourite ways to do a long run in marathon training, a point to point. I love... I, like for example, sometimes I've run to there's a town near me called Pershaw. I've run there a few times. If you just look on the map, like if you see somewhere that's 15 mile away and it's somewhere you drive all the time, so you probably know those road those roads. And like most of us, when we're motorists, I've got one eye on the road and one eye looking to see if there's a pavement. Can I run that route next week? <laughs> that's what I'm doing. So yeah. And uh, no, the A46 by the way, Tweevisham doesn't have one. So um, I. I actually have run home from Evesham before, and that's about 19 miles. But, uh, yeah, that's one of my favourite things to do on long runs because it really just gives you a sense of purpose, a bit of adventure. You feel yeah. it's different than a circular or definitely an out and back. Out and backs are probably the worst, aren't they? Unless you're running somewhere nice. Out and backs can be a bit tedious sometimes, can't yeah. they? Well, I think worse than that are loops where you've got a couple of miles. Oh, loop yeah. I can't do that. You, you, especially if the loop goes past your house and you oh. know you've got to go out and do another loop, but you're about that's, to pass your front door. That's <laughs> the ultimate test of strength and, and like stamina, isn't it? If you can just get past yeah. your house. Yeah, yeah definitely. Do you know, definitely. Do you know one, thing I've, one thing I've never done, by the way? Sorry, I'm, I've got a bit of a motor mouth because I'm on the old Minervoir today. Nice little <laughs> drop list, by the way. So one, oh, nice. thing I've decided, one thing I've decided not to do I said to myself last year, we just knock not alcohol on the head. Uh, this time, so I just get pissed every night. No, um, <laughs> this time I've decided to just do what I eat, what I want. Just try and be sensible because I'm a I'm a big sort of. Sometimes I can't I give into temptation so easily. So if I say right, no alcohol, I'll just binge that thing. Yeah. And, uh, but instead of just having like a glass of wine every, I don't know five days or a week or whatever so yeah nice little uh languedoc minivoire today from uh, yeah, the south nice. of france mm. yeah some oaky, oaky notes i think so um yeah quite like it um oh God, i forgot what i was gonna say now i was thinking about red wine do you know why i know <laughs> about red wine because when i was in, um, when, when i was an actor because uh, i trained as an actor many years ago my i moved to london like most actors would and of course i didn't get any acting work and I had to work to pay the bills and I got a job in a call centre. But it's, I, I used to say Canary Wharf to make myself feel better, but it wasn't Canary Wharf. It was like a mud chute. It was somewhere like near okay, the, okay. <laughs> in, in the, 
it was yeah, not not the nicest. It's, and it's I, such well, a strange name for a place as well. That is down in London. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I uh, yeah worked in this call centre selling wine for a company called Lathwaite's. And if there's one oh, good thing okay, to, yeah. to come out of it, uh, we I learned loads about uh, learned loads about wine. And to this day, wine is almost like a hobby of mine. I mean, probably sounded a bit like George Best there, but like <laughs> I really genuinely enjoy, you know, tasting wine. I think it's just yeah. an is that where is that where your ruddy complexion comes from? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yes, I am um, a big fan of uh, El Vino. Nice. So, um, what, what, what's, maybe... your favorite, what's your favourite tipple? Well, probably, I, I, I change quite often. I'm actually a big fan of Portuguese red because you can almost always smell notes of, uh, like, licorice and chocolate, Portuguese wine. Oh, okay, so big, nice. Big fan. Big fan of uh, big fan of uh, Portuguese wine, Italian as well. There's a I had a nice bottle of Barolo on my thirtieth birthday when we went to Italy for my thirtieth, and that was like hundred pound a bottle, something like that. It's ridiculous. It tasted the same, but I just thought, <laughs> I mean, I'm in Italy, we're gonna have a nice bottle. But yeah, I'm a big fan of Italian and um, older world uh, older world wines, so less of the American stuff. Uh, and more of the European stuff. So anyway, let's get yeah. back to running before I. Okay. Yeah. yeah right. Get too pissed. Yeah. Let's uh let's let's get back to the running show. So yeah, I, I yeah. did my long run in the morning. Uh, then jumped on the train and met you at New Street. Met you and Sam at New Street. Um, you jumped on the train from where you were as well, and then we found our way to the NEC um via birmingham international and um yeah it was a it was a pretty good day um i i will say i think the running show this year wasn't quite as good as last year i think it was a bit smaller yeah. um, was it? but um but i still enjoyed it I, I still think it was definitely worth a trip and a day out there um yeah. what, what were the highlights for you well, first of all, my first observation was, or when I think back to it, I'd say a good 60% of the show was probably nutrition. And I thought it was yes. going to be 90% trainers, shoes and uh, running kit. And that was probably, there was probably, apart from the big brands, you know, there were only a couple of stands there. And by the way, and you made a good point. I was like, where's the Nike stand? Because everyone else is it. Well, not everyone else. There was a few notable absences, no New Balance, no Under Armour. But I was like, where's the Nike stand? And you were like, why would they waste their time doing this? They don't need yeah. to have a stand. No, they don't need to advertise. Everyone exactly. runs in Nike. Well, I don't. I, do, I, do, I don't run in Nike. I've never tried a pair of Nike shoes. Uh, How have you made it to your, your sort of experience in running and never put a pair of Nike shoes on your feet? Because uh, I've only ever run in Adidas. I've never tried any brand other than Adidas. That's that is incredible loyalty. Incredible. <laughs> I wonder if there's any other running shoe loyalists out there. Oh, in, yeah. in particular, actually, Adidas loyalists. Yeah, that that that's that's a point. Actually, that could be another question as well. What is your what is your brand of choice if you could only run 
in one brand of shoe for the rest of your running life, what would that brand be? Mm, what would yours be? Well, again, a bit like the old Vino, I seem to just chop and change because when you told me, by the way, mate, there's some there's some shoes called the Adidas Takumi Sens that I think you should <laughs> have a go. I bought them and I think they've kind of changed the way I think about super shoes because I I've got the vapor flies like everyone else has that, that you know especially people that start running we think oh what's everyone else running and oh, I'll get a pair of them as well and the majority of people have got the vapor flies so I bought some really good shoes but they're not very comfortable I'd be honest I don't think they're very comfortable and the what, what, sense, is about, what is it about them that isn't comfortable I find I've got I get repeated I don't know if it's the shape of my feet, but my toes really suffer on long runs from those vapor flies. And I don't know why. It's like the knuckle part of my toes that really seems to be sore. So I, I don't know because they're not they're not small and I don't think they're too big. I I don't know, but the shorter distance for the vapor flies I find really good. Um, yeah. The marathon, yeah. I, but I've done. Um, I bought the Adios Pro threes, the, uh, yeah. the Adidas Adios Pro threes, uh, and they're going to ninety nine point nine percent chance of being my Newport Marathon shoe. Nice. And they feel like they've got a smoother ride, I would say. Then their vapor flies, when I put them side by side, they feel narrower and they feel less, way less stable. The Adios Pro 3s have got this lovely roll through, you know, uh, I don't know what the tech is. You'll probably obviously know it a lot better than I would, being a, an Adidas fanboy. But I <laughs> I don't I don't really know why I prefer those Adidas Pro 3s, but the Adidas Pro 3s, but I do. And I'm going to wear them for Newport very, very, very probably. But yeah, I, 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 in answer to your question, I don't know. At this point in time, Purely for brand, uh, what's the word? The, the feel of how these shoes make me feel. It probably would be Nike, probably, because I've got their trail shoes, I've got their easy shoes, I've got their racing shoes, and they're the shoes that I run in the most. So I'd probably, unfortunately, have to say Nike. Yeah. But um, I don't say they're my favorite brand, but yeah, it's a funny one. Yeah. Well, here's a question. Here's a question for you, though. If there would be a brand to kind of turn your head, what would that brand be? Would there be oh, a shoe wow. or a brand that you could ever jump ship I, to? I don't know. I don't. I don't know why, but the Nike shoes have never like drawn me in. There's never been a yeah. point where I've gone, I really want to try those, and I don't know what that is, and I don't know why that is. Mm. But I've always looked at them like the vapor flies and the alpha flies and thought yeah they look good but it's not something that's really making me want to have, have a go but one and i think this is purely on looks one shoe um that i've seen recently which is being released at the start of feb i think is the new balance sc elite for seen... and just the looks of it oh, yeah i've so seen good. that it the, looks they look nice. They look really sexy. Yeah. The the geometric like pattern shape of the midsole just yeah just that's that's me. I, I was like yeah. yes that that's cool. But that. yeah. would would I buy one? 
I don't know. I don't think I would. I, I'm, I'm so, I, yeah, comfortable in Adidas shoes. I know they work, and with shoes being so expensive now, like a, a pair of super shoes, you're looking at two hundred and fifty quid. I'm yeah. not sure I can afford to spend two hundred and fifty quid uh, to try something out and then not get on with it. I know yeah. every, every Adidas shoe I've ever run in, I've really enjoyed. And yeah. I know they fit my feet. I know I'm comfortable running them. So I don't want to deviate from that and waste money. I, I think my limit is probably 150 quid, I think. Uh, I don't think I've ever spent more than that on a pair of shoes. Uh, so I think that would be my limit. But I mean, what what are these new Vapor uh, Alpha Fly threes are two eight five are they? Yeah, something like that. It's mega money, isn't it? But yeah. I mean, if it gets you a PB, or if people say it was definitely the shoes that got me the PB, then it's money <laughs> well spent, isn't it? Well, exactly. So, and then you can you can divide the price between the miles as well. So if they're two hundred and sixty quid, that's a tenner a mile. Would you pay yeah. a tenner per mile for a PB? Yeah, probably would. To be fair. <laughs> Yeah, and you don't have to do any training as well. You just turn up on the day and you guarantee oh, the PB. Yeah, because yeah, that's how good these shoes are now. Yeah, you don't have to put any training in. It's all in the shoes. £10 a mile if you wear them once. That's crazy, isn't it? I know. Yeah. Now, well, well that's, that's the crazy thing of those Adidas um, uh, Evo. the Evos. Man, because they were what? Were they £400? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah and they were. say they they said they were good for some um familiarization so training runs a couple of training runs to get used to them and then they were good for one race one marathon so really you're looking at maximum 50 mile in them is that because the outsole will just wear really quickly well, well i i i guarantee you could use them for 450 500 mile like you do yeah. every other pair of shoe but yeah adidas said for them to be at their premium like maximum point of um usage then yeah. it is one one race um yeah. and i think that's partly down to the way they've made the midsole because it's light mm. strike pro but apparently when they make a normal light strike pro midsole like in the adios uh, pro 3 it's compressed into shape right. um so it's a piece of foam that they then compress into the shape of the midsole but on the yeah. evo it was just a block of foam that was cut to shape so there was none of that mm. compression so you've got a bit more bounce and um like squash to the midsole yeah. so i guess after that one race you've started to compress it a bit more so it's lost that initial squash that it had because i think world records were broken in that shoe weren't they yes yeah was, was it the um, women's yeah, tig, tig yeah the women's it? marathon yeah tigs to Sefer, she knocked like three minutes off the world yeah. record which is a bit crazy and is it a hundred percent believable but at the same time maybe it is i don't know yeah, yeah. it's it's just mind-blowing so yeah and it, it can't be all down to the shoes just because yeah. 
shoes are that much better. It it can't be three minutes better, can it? Yeah. Well, that is a is seismic shift, isn't it? That's really, yeah. you know, some, ex, some external forces are at play there. You've you've got to ask a couple of raise a couple of eyebrows there because I don't know if that's well, I don't know. That's another topic for another video, yeah guess, yes it, it is that, that's for another day isn't it yeah, yeah anyway back yeah. back back to the running show we went off onto shoes like we always do as, as yeah, yeah 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 but um what 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 good purchases did you uh did you get from well amongst others i was really pleased with two of my purchases one of them was i bought four hats from the vargas hand <laughs> yeah and mega mega they were such a cool brand to deal with like the people that we dealt with it's really nice at these trade shows to see the people behind the brands yes and the guys at varga were just so cool they were exactly yeah. how you would imagine the varga people to be they yeah were just, they are a great bunch of people aren't they it's really really sound people and just human do you know what i mean they weren't salesmen yeah. they were just really nice people who know what they're talking yeah, about and, and make a good and product. happy to just have a chat yeah no no which, not, which, not trying which, to sign you up or get you on the mailing list or whatever yeah they were exactly. just really they, nice. Yeah, and I, I had I geeked out for a bit with one of the guys from Varga because he, he went into all the technical aspects of the fabrics and the makeup of the hats and everything. And obviously, being in the clothing industry myself, we had a bit of a, a geek off and a big, long conversation yeah. about it. So that was really well, interesting to uh, find it's, out. It's, it's everything from the prints to what the, the material of the actual cap is made of to the 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 angles of the peaks and what they're made of and it's just so yeah. much attention to detail with Varga isn't it and I yeah. I think that, once you see them up close you understand a lot of care and attention has gone into this yeah everything's been thought about what one of the thing uh, things I always love about Varga caps is how short the peak is because that's yeah. one thing I'm running caps that are it's terrible but like a long peak on a running cap's awful. Um, well, it's an aerodynamic and, thing, isn't it? I always take yeah. the piss out of myself for like wearing my hat on backwards. But if you've got your hat on forwards and it's a windy day, you might as well be wearing a parachute, or you know, yeah. you might as well be wearing like a pair of wings on your head because you feel like yeah, you're and then take it blows off. off and flies behind you. Yeah, and, yeah. So you've got to stick well, it on backwards and look look yeah. like you're in the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yeah. Well, it, I was I was going to say that it's a bit like a cycling cap, how short the peak is, and that's. That's yeah. one of the great design features of a Varga cap is how short the peak is. And they've actually uh, patented it, how the shape of that peak is a patent okay. to uh, Varga. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it's either a patent or a trademark of what they've yeah. done. So, yeah, fair play to them for that because, yeah, they've, they've hit the nail on the head. Well, I picked up a bit of everything. I picked up a bucket hat, a beanie, a cap. And one other thing, I can't remember what the other thing was. Oh, yeah, hat for Laura. So, um, yes. yeah, we're both really happy with what we picked with with the hats yeah. we got. So, yeah, mega, yeah. mega, I, mega happy with those purchases. Yeah, I, I I had purchased regrets. I bought the one hat and I should have bought the other colourway as well, but never mind. Yeah, well, I bought the what I think that the, the hat you were looking at, I got the bucket hat version. I got the white, almost like a yeah. cricket bucket hat looking. So that'll come in really handy for summer running um and uh yeah these things are so lightweight aren't they but but yeah just on on that subject the other thing that i really like which i'm holding up to the camera now which i've just realized half of you be listening to this is some voom pocket rocket and electro energy bars so i'm looking for a new fueling system because i'm sick of these these high five energy gels i just 
I take six with me and I have two because or I have three. The third one, I just feel like I'm going to be sick and uh, and I just I just hate them. And I wish that I'd have thought of another fueling strategy. So tried these on the day and they and I've tried one run with them and they yeah felt energized. So yeah, I'm really I, happy with I, that. I bought some of those as well, but I bought the ones with caffeine in because I'm a bit of a caffeine feed on my uh, on my runs. Because um, they, I can't get on with gels. I've always found that they didn't sit well in my stomach, um, so I've yeah. always used um, energy jellies, um, and I mm. use um, I use power bar um, power shots at the moment, yeah. um, which are cola flavour. So real nice flavor one of my favorite flavors and they've got caffeine in as well um but that boom nutrition they're berry ones that have got caffeine in as well i've thought yeah you know that's a really good idea the fact it's a solid block it's a bit like kendall mint cake Um, that's exactly this consistency and i tried it at um because a worry as well is when you're training as well is that you're let's say for example on your sunday long runs you're running easy and for a lot of people, at easy pace and marathon pace are very quite difficult. A marathon pace is mm. quite a lot faster. So I would say train and take on your fuel at marathon pace because on the day you'll work out that it's actually a lot more difficult than you think it is in training. Yeah, yeah. Tr- tr- trying to eat or take fuel on whilst you're running at pace, yeah, is quite a difficult thing to do because yeah. you're trying to chew especially if you have the jellies like me you're trying to chew and breathe at the same time which doesn't quite work and yeah yeah it's, yeah it definitely needs some practice for sure yeah but I'm, thing, I'm looking forward to trying those out yeah and we got we also got some cis electrolyte things didn't we yes yeah, so uh, like yeah and i've got some ote ones as well uh, some some pineapple ote electrolytes which uh, are tasty um actually i was going to bring this up um have you seen the woos video on the running show shout out to the yes. woo by the way uh will foo also known as the woo on youtube so yeah big are, shout are out gonna, to him are you going to talk about his morton findings yes yes yeah. how interesting was that he, no he's been, yeah he's been digging deep on the uh, morton website to find all that he's, information he's gonna do an, he's gonna do an expose documentary isn't he <laughs> It's like a the detective. Truth. Yeah. Exposing the world's biggest con men of the <laughs> But how interesting is it that Morton don't do an electrolyte product because they don't believe the science behind electrolytes? It's brave, isn't it? It's um It is. Yeah. Fair. I mean, I've never tried it. Have you tried Morton? I've never tried Morton. Anything no, Morton. Tried Morton either, no. I haven't got no. enough money, to be honest. But but it actually says on the website that electrolytes shouldn't be used in conjunction with Morton products. But uh-huh. I, I was under the impression that electrolytes were scientifically proven to rehydrate you because you're losing electrolytes in your sweat when you sweat them out. So yeah. you need to yeah, replace yeah. to be able to rehydrate properly. So why Morton doesn't believe that i'm not sure it's it's a strange old one but there's got to be yeah. something in it because they're one of the biggest nutrition brands out there yeah you see that black packaging you know instantly what it is yeah so yeah they're um they must be onto something and so many athletes use their stuff does 
Does uh, Kipchoge use Morton? I think he does, doesn't he? Yes, he does, yeah. And uh, yeah. that was one of the things that the um, Will found out was um, they said a- athletes like uh, Kipchoge haven't asked for electrolyte products from Morton. Yeah. Wow. So, so um, interesting. Yeah. 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 Well, one day I will, I will give it a try, I think. But, um, but no, we did have a good old, uh, good old time, didn't we? Yeah, at the run it, yeah, it was, it was good fun. It was good fun. It was definitely worth a trip out there um, to go and see what was, what was on offer. Um, but yes, um, I, I will agree. It did seem like most most of the show was nutrition or socks. Oh God, the socks, the shoe the socks. Amount. I can't believe how expensive those things are. I know. Yeah, thirty five quid wasn't it for the racing socks? Well, I, well, I think they were twenty pounds a pair or two for thirty. But you could go to the Start Fitness stand and get three pairs for a fiver of more mile ones. So yeah, yeah. I, I, it's a yeah. I suppose yes, they look lovely, but are they that much better? I don't know. I've never tried them, so I can't say whether they're good or bad or anything like that. It's just it's a costly game now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it sure is. Um, looking look looking good is a costly game. Yeah, it is. It really is. It's an expensive <laughs> game. Bloody hell, thirty quid a pair of socks. But I, I've just realised the time, and I've I, I oh. obviously oh my waffled on. wow, I know wow. one hour eight we've been recording for. <laughs> I've got a. Um, I think I'm going to try and make this a feature, but maybe I have to try and get this in half an hour quicker before. Okay. Um, each you know the end of each episode but let's call this brett's end of the podcast trivia quiz at the end of the podcast so i've got some running based and there'll be a different theme each week five questions oh okay last, excellent last week well last week didn't really have a theme it was it's just in uh, inaugural yeah yeah it was parkrun isn't it right so this week we're doing running brands and things associated Ooh. with running brands so okay. question Question are, the, one. are the questions, are, are the answers Adidas, 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 Adidas and Adidas? Because I'll be all right there. <laughs> There's one loosely related to Adidas. Okay, cool. Not Adidas. Right, okay. Question one. In four... <laughs> not the question you, the start of the question you thought it was going to be. In 490 BC, what was the name <laughs> of the Athenian... It's related to brands. What was the name of the Athenian courier who ran from Marathon to Athens to declare a message of victory, according to legend, by crying the word Nike before collapsing and dying. Do you know I, the name of the legend? I haven't got a clue what his name is. I just know that's where they got the idea for the marathon from, is that run was supposedly the marathon distance. That he ran he allegedly, to... He'd allegedly run about 300 miles before he set off. So, uh, <laughs> and as well, this user as well even dropped his, uh, what did he, he dropped, he dropped his weapons and all his clothes. He's just running naked. Yeah. To Athens. And, so, and, uh, he, and he didn't have any nutrition or electrolytes or anything on no, that journey. No, no, no Mortons for him. But the and answer that's exactly is, why he dropped dead when he got there. That's exactly why he dropped dead. Yeah. Should have had some <laughs> electrolytes. The answer is Pheidippides. 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 That's after, a, that's after a, a, two glasses of wine as well. So, yeah. Right. So, question two. 
and bear in mind my Latin is not as good as it used to be. Anima sana in corpore sano is the acronym for ASICS or ASICS. Oh, okay. Saying it wrong. But what does the Latin philosophy translate as? Oh, man. You've been diving deep into all of this. Uh, I've been diving deep into Wikipedia, mate. Ever supposed to know what that means unless you I've might read know it this somewhere before. You might know this from advertising cover. Shall I put you out your misery? It means a sound mind in a sound body. Oh, okay. That's and but it, the acronym is ASICS. Um, number three, here we go. Addy Adolf Dassler. Yes, you know, that, yeah, Addy Dassler. Yeah, 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 is the founder of Adidas, but he and his business partner, slash brother, brother. Rudolf Dassler. Went separate Art ways after the Second World War. After a dispute, pretend you didn't hear that. <laughs> Rudolf created a sportswear brand called Ruda, Rudolf uh-huh. Dassler. But how is it known today? Or yeah, Puma, however you want to say Puma. it. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah they, they, they fell out. So they started um, two different brands. They started the, uh, a brand together and then they had a bit of a falling out. So they uh, went their separate ways. And, both uh, members, both members of the Nazi Party as well. I read today, so a uh, little bit of a dark past there. Uh, but Addy Addy Dazzler Addy was short for Adolf. Yeah, Adolf. Yeah, got it in the brackets. Yeah, I've even written brackets. Right. So question four. You can see that my questions are wearing thin here because you text me saying, "Right, I'm just logging in." I was like, oh, "I've only done three questions." So these last two questions aren't the best. Okay, which running shoe brand became the top-selling brand in the US from 2011 to 2017? So it's not even the top-selling brand at the moment. <laughs> in the US? In the US. You would, you would say Nike, but I'm not sure that is the answer. What's your final answer? Because... Um, is it going to be a really left field answer or is it a really obvious one? I'd say you've heard of this brand, but maybe slightly more left field than the big brands. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to go. Ah, oh, who should I go for? American uh, company as well. Yeah. I think I know this, but I can't think of the brand. I'm going to kick myself when you say it because it's on the tip of my tongue. It, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a brand. No one who would, if you've thought about running, it wouldn't be the first brand that came to your mind. Maybe. I've had a pair of this brand's shoes. Uh, let's go Reebok then. Ooh, close. Brooks. Oh, really? Yeah, Brooks had the 25% of the market share. I can see why. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, so therefore, I'm, I'm completely wrong because if you think about running, most runners, Park Run and Brooks being the sponsor, would instantly say Brooks. 
Yeah, they're massive here, aren't they? So many yeah. people running Brooks. Apparently, I've heard the Hyperion Max are like yes. the ultimate daily trainer or really, really yeah, good. I've heard they're really good. Yeah, I had the Adrenalines and I really like them. Uh, but I never went back to them. So maybe one day, maybe go back to Brooks. But last question, question five. Which sportswear brand first started out by only making children's shoes founded in 1898? I don't know. That's a, that's, a, that's a really good one. So they, they started making kids' shoes, and that's all they made, and then they branched out into making yeah, sports apparently shoes. as well. Apparently they were relatively unknown until the 70s as well. Um, now they're a big player at the table. And it's not one of the brands we've mentioned already? No, we haven't said it today. I am going to guess then. I don't think it is, uh, but I'm going to guess New Balance. The answer is Socony. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, make, that, that makes sense. So that's the end of Brett's end of the podcast and, quiz. And once again, I've done terrible. I've got one, well, one answer right, and it's because it was Adidas. <laughs> I, used to do, I used to do a pub quiz when I was... Uh, uh, about 10, 15 years ago, my local pub. And uh, I used to make at least one question in there impossible to get because I would have no one getting full marks on my quiz. I used to get paid in beer. I used to get, I remember now, I used to get paid 15 quid and as much beer as I could drink. And giving out the answers, I was smashed. And I was just like, this is my dream job. <laughs> so uh, Brilliant. Well, on that note, I have just uh, heard heard my headphones make the noise that they are about to run out so we need to uh, make they're hitting the red line yes they are your headphones are red lining yeah are you park running tomorrow i'm not no i've got cross country i've got midlands champs so yeah you're uh, you're park running though aren't you yeah hopefully gonna do worcester pitchcroft tomorrow so uh yeah i'll have to see this red wine off soon because i'll have to hit the water and try and recover and get them electrolytes down yeah get them electrolytes in yeah if they work Right, on that note, dude, it was great uh, speaking with you again. And uh, thank you very much to everyone for listening. And uh, yeah, we will see you next time. Nice one, guys. See you soon. Adios. Pro 3.